Welcome to the North vs South podcast, where we discuss gaming, technology, TV and movies. This week we discuss the new Switch announcement, the new Steam Deck announcement, and the new Stream Deck announcement. So Tommy, how did you feel about this uh, latest Switch revision? When I first heard the announcement, I was very excited. I was thinking this might be the time to pull the trigger on the new uh, on on the switch itself but then like a day later when looking online for um just like people's opinions i saw that people's a bit like everyone was saying that this this is not this is not a good deal they say um you're not getting uh, what you think you're paying for so like uh, we were expecting like a switch pro but in the end we're only getting a uh, OLED screen. If if I'm honest though, this is like when we when we did the when we were talking about the Switch rumors uh, a few episodes. This is exactly what we were tr- we were sort of like debating what's going to happen. Was it going to be was it going to be the Xbox One Slim or was it going to be the Xbox One X? And this is sort of a little bit in in the middle, isn't it? Because it's not it has got some new features. But it's not got any more performance, so it's not like it's not like One X where 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 you can play um, games at a higher resolution or higher frame rate, whichever one it was. Um, mm-hmm. But it has got new hardware features with the um, uh, with the OLED screen and the uh, built-in uh, Ethernet port. It's not a huge upgrade. It's also not that much more expensive either it's about 40 quid more at msrp because i think originally it was 270 or 280 um and i can see pre-orders are about 310 on argos and um other retailers so i think this is i think this is more what i was expecting in fact in a weird way i think it's i think there's been more than i would have expected there to been like I certainly wasn't expecting a Switch Pro in this form factor. If um, I was expecting a Switch Pro to be um, the opposite of the Switch Lite, so not as portable, more emphasis on the dock and being hooked up to a TV. What what did you expect the Switch Pro to actually be before it was announced? What what were you thinking? Well, it was gonna... I was. I was expecting at least like some compatibility of upscaling to 4K. I'm not saying like native 4K, mm-hmm. like maybe some like checker, checkerboard uh, rendering of the resolutions, so it would even just accept a 4K um, resolution. But we haven't got that, and I don't really see a point if you got if you got a Switch now. I don't really see a point upgrading because if you just play your Switch docked. There's not really any upgrade except for the internal memory. No, absolutely not. I mean, all the, yeah, all the real features are in um, in handheld mode, which is um, yeah, that OLED screen and the um, what the kickstand is a, a bit better than the uh, current one. Yeah, um, yeah. So in my head, um, what I what I know are is OLED screen, Ethernet port, and a kickstand. A bit more storage. Okay. Is there anything else? Oh, it comes in white. Because you said bigger screen, didn't you? A little bit of a bigger screen as well. Slightly, slightly larger screen. But that was all. It, that's all it was, though. And the same, the same battery life as the, as the most recent Switch revision, I think. So they're like, well, we've managed to put an OLED screen on it, and we managed to make it bigger, and it still retains the same battery life as the previous Switch as well. So that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I was, I was very like excited, but when like. Just everyone on on social media was like, "This is terrible," but I think, like like you're saying, like there was a lot of expectation of a Switch Pro. And for there me might and still you, be a Switch Pro. I just that oh this, yeah. this isn't it, you know. Well, I was thinking about that. Like, would there be a Switch Pro? Now, would there not just be a Switch Two that can run Switch games? Why would they? Why would they want to call it a Switch Pro? Like. Well, it's about the form factor, isn't it? Form factor and price. So in my head, the, the family lineup runs Switch Lite, which 
only is handheld, 100%, like you can't hook it up to a TV in any sense as far as I'm aware. Uh, then you've got the regular Joe Schmo switch, which can be used in both handheld and uh, docked mode. And then those two devices, they, they've got exactly the same performance, haven't they? I think the switch, uh, the, the normal switch has more performance in docked mode, but if you compare them in handheld mode, I think they're pretty much identical. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see there being room for a Switch Pro, which would be sort of akin, you know, it wouldn't even have the handheld aspect of it. It would just be something probably the size of an Apple TV. An Apple TV is quite small, quite small, uh, and all that does is receive the connection from the Joy-Cons and the game controllers and then just provides a... Um, oh, and somewhere, you know, for the uh, cars to go in. And then that's got all the cables for power, network, and um, and the TV. And that just goes out the back. So it can play all the games, but it has none of the portable functionality. And because it's not portable, you can have it slightly bigger. So you can put a bigger heatsink into it or put a bigger fan. And that might be where uh, you get your higher frame rates or your sort of, um, ups, you know, uh, resolution upscaling. Um, so all all three, I, 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 you can see it because mm, all three systems would be compatible game-wise. Um, they'd, they'd all play the same game, so you wouldn't worry. Have, you wouldn't have to say, oh, can my Switch play this game? They all play exactly the same games, um, but a bit like the, the series Xboxes, they can do that sort of like upscaling and they can do upscaling to different sort of like uh, levels or whatever. Uh, and that would be what the Switch Pro does. It doesn't restrict any gamings on the lower pro- on uh, on the lower consoles. It just um, brings a little bit more on their end. And for you know, for people like me, like Jen and I, so incredibly rarely use it in the handheld mode. That as long it was as long as the price isn't literally twice as much, it might be worth going for it because in the long term, it's probably going to be more reliable than having that. You know, I've always I've always been concerned about the reliability of the the switch and the dock. You know, the USB C, and you kind of like throw it in there, and uh, the screen being plastic and getting scratched. Obviously, the Joy Cons have their own issue, but they are on this system detachable and replaceable. But that's sort of how I could see the Switch family being. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it might be that uh, this is the half life of the Switch family, and then. In another three years' time, we won't see any more hardware until... Switch 2. Well, it won't be the Switch 2. If they call it the Switch 2, that shows that they haven't learnt from the Wii U marketing yeah. disaster. But yeah, whatever uh, whatever they have next. My my biggest worry now is because they've gone with this revision, you need, they, they're going to have to wait at least like maybe a year and a half before they could bring something else out if they were intended to make a Switch Pro. Yep. How old is the Switch Lite now? Oh, that must be like a year and a half. Just late 2019? Yeah, September 2019. So it was two... Yep. No, so you're kind of right there. So the Switch we said was 2017. Yep. Uh, the Switch Lite was 2019. This is coming out 2021. That's been every two years. So in two years' time, 2023, will we see any kind of revision on the hardware or will we see a switch pro or will we just have nothing until we go on to the next console i think the biggest worry is is that the power and the well the cpu and the graphics are technology that was back in 2017 and if like up to this point you've been they've been lucky where Switch has been selling like crazy, and developers have seen that and said, "Well, we've got to get our games on there, and we've got to make sure, you know put a, try and put a port on the Switch." And most of the ports have not been like they've been like pretty uh, pretty good in terms of like how how did you manage to get this onto a Switch? But like compared to the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the games, like you would rather pl- you should rather play those versions if you want to get get the best experience but for me i can't see in the next two years like how are developers going to port 
PS5 and Xbox One Series X games to the Switch. I just can't see it. I think it'll be too much. Because you look at like uh, they tried, they uh, ported Witcher Three. Yeah. And that was like they spent two years trying to port that game. And in the end, developers are just going to look at this and say, "Well, it's just not worth it anymore," because they're spending too much time trying to um, squeeze as much, you know, squeeze the game down so it can fit and play at a reasonable frame rate. I just, uh, I don't think it's going to be the only thing I can see them doing, which they are doing, is cloud gaming. Some of the games you can play on your Switch, but you can only do it via cloud gaming. So I think Resident Evil 7 and Control, you can play on the Switch, but you have to connect to a you connect to a server, and it, that does all the yeah, all the hard work. Yeah, that's always been Nintendo's way, though, hasn't it? Like I know, and that's what happened with the Wii U. That's why the Wii U failed because. The Wii U was not very... I don't think that's why the Wii U failed. There was many... That was one aspect of why the Wii U... Yeah, it was one aspect. I think the marketing was the biggest one for the Wii U. If they called it a different pro... If they called it a different console name, it would have sold more. But Nintendo are playing the same game they've always played, and that is using hardware that is sort of um, not not cutting edge. Um, So even, like, the original Game Boys, like... The technology inside them was simple, um, it was reliable, um, and they relied on their, um, you know, they relied on their brand to bring in the developers, and they wanted to develop for the system, because that's where there there are customers, and yeah, the Wii U failed, um, because, you know, people weren't buying the system, because they thought it was just a, um, something to go along with the Wii that they already had, so developers had no incentive to put anything on that system. And then you got a chicken and egg situation going on there. And yeah, it was a bit underpowered um, compared to uh, what the Xbox One and the PS4 at the time. But that was that would have been fine. I mean, that console can play... Uh, you can play Breath on the Wild on that, can't you? I don't know what the, what it, what it, how, it, how well it runs, but it, it can do it. Yeah, no, that was one of the like one of the major last games to be released on it. But yeah, I I think yeah, but I think it's gonna fall into that trap where they they're relying on first part first party uh, developers. You pull them out for the next two to three years, because as a developer, you be you be looking at it like I don't really fancy the the idea of you know getting my game and trying to spend hours and hours that like maybe years. And resources trying to put it on a on a system that's like from 2017. It's just not worth it. But that's just the way consoles have always been. I mean, GTA Five came out on the 360 and the PS3, and within a year, um, I think the one and the PS4 had come out. So they had got this game that was running on. Uh, so in 2013, yeah, like seven year old systems at that point. Yeah, like yeah, that's that. true. So it's you know it's it's happened in the past. It's 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 always going to be a thing that's going to happen. But let's let's just think. Can you imagine like a game that's been made for the PS5 and Xbox Series X being on the Switch? Can you see it? How many games get released on all three systems? Not not very many, but throughout throughout time, not just the Switch and the and the new Xboxes, but. You know, back when it was Wii and the 360 and the PS3, when it was the Wii U and the Xbox One and the PS4, like how many, how many big games were released on all three systems, either simultaneously or mostly around the same sort of time? So, excluding the Skyrim SE and the Witcher 3 that were released much, much later for the for the for the for the Switch. Well, around about that time, what I remember is when the 360 and PS3 were first coming out. There wasn't a lot of. There was some like, I think like Call of Duty sports games and stuff that was ported to like the Wii, but most of the games were like PS2 games that were originally made for the PS2 and then got ported to the Wii. But um, 
Yeah. The funny it, thing is, so the, actually, you, you mentioned FIFA, and FIFA is the game in the, is the one game that I would expect to be able to go on all three systems at once because it's almost the same. It's almost the same game every year. Well, that's the funny thing. Uh, the the Switch version is an inferior version to the uh, PS4 and Xbox One, and the last few years they've even said like this is. There is no graphical updates to this game. You're just buying uh, an update. So, I don't know, yeah. So, stuff like that, it's uh, it's not good. But you could see stuff, like, more stuff, like, happening for that, for the Switch. Yeah, I mean, for a game like that, they're not, they're not building a brand new game every year. So, it's easy to get that onto systems like the Switch or the Wii U or, you know, whichever was the, the game console to have at the time. But... The thing is, the, the Nintendo have always got their first-party developers, and they always manage to, to get by, and they got they got a pretty loyal fan base, so they're always going to be fine. But um, I think to they were they really do have a good uh, standing in the gaming in the gaming world, but I think they could potentially lose that if they don't act quickly. And, you know, in the next two years, they need to announce a new Switch with a lot beefier hardware. Not saying it has to be like a PS5 or Xbox One Series X equivalent of hardware, but something that could you could output 4K on on a screen. And have, like you say, maybe like backwards compatible with the original Switch game, like Switch... And then upscale those games. That would be very nice. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it would be great if they did. And I think if they had a system like that, it would sell well. But I can see, I can see how they get into a position where they say they won't do that. Because they really don't need to. Uh, I'm just trying to list off, and this is just by memory, the games that we have on the Switch. Um, and to be honest, the games that we've got are going to be owned by 90% of the people who've got the Switch. So we've got Mario Kart, Mario Party, uh, Pokemon, uh, Breath, of, Breath of the Wild, uh, the Zelda game that came out the other day, um, the Shadow Sky- Master Sky- of the Shadow. Um, the Master Sword. Uh, Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword, yep. Uh, Mario Odyssey. Uh, I think there's a game I'm I'm getting. You know, we've got the one-two party thing as well. None You've of those games lot. are available on any other system, and that's wow, the Wii U. That's the thing. The Wii U. Sorry, none of those games are available on any other system. In terms of any Nintendo. other, as in in terms of I can't buy those games on the Xbox. Okay, yeah. I don't have any games on the Switch. That are available on the Switch and on the Xbox, hmm. yeah. because I will buy them on the and Xbox. That's, yeah, that's the thing that's gonna probably hold them through. I think until they've they've got a pretty good. But they've first always part. yeah. But they've always been like that, and that's just yeah. I mean, you say about holding them through, but that that that's just their target. Their target audience is people who want first party games, and it, it works for them. My problem is is that they've got more than that. And they should realise that they've got more. They've got, you know, they've had a lot of the big developers come out and port games to your system and potentially you, you're going to lose them because they'll just get fed up and say, well, you're not really trying, you know, you're not, you need to, you need to help us to help you. Oh yeah, Animal Crossing, I forgot that one. But talking about new handhelds, the announcement of the Steam Deck. Steam Deck, the Switch killer. I don't know if it's a Switch killer. No, it's not a Switch killer at all. You know, it's Nah. Well, that's what people have been saying online. I think they're just dramatising it. It's been crazy. Like, just on Reddit half an hour ago, I saw someone posting a picture where they'd drawn some fan art of the Steam Deck slashing a, a Switch <laughs> with, like, a katana or something. And it's like, mm. what, 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 what are you what? going for? Like... These things can coexist. Like, are we promoting uh, console racism? Like, I, we should we should let people we should let people be you know all 
consoles are loved equally around the world <laughs> and you know but yeah uh what do you think so did you did you did you get one no i didn't i, I was very did, did you want ve- one absolutely yes of course so you wanted one but you didn't get one i wanted one but for me i i didn't really try and get one i was like i was just like looking and seeing because i always look to see what the final reviews are i never pre-order something i never that's that's just my maternity because you've got these guys you don't pre-order because you wait till they cost like four pounds on yeah. a steam sale so like let's no, not no, kid ourselves no no, no, no. I, these guys are saying saying a bunch of stuff they're saying it's open source it can do this it can do yeah. that let's wait and see when it comes out i'm not saying they're lying i'm not saying that they giving you more misinformation but i always see the reviews and people's experience before you know putting my putting my money down but i that's the thing um i think when i first heard about it i was very excited I was like oh steam steam on the go and then thinking all, all i was thinking about my library on steam like yeah i've got a few games it'd be nice to play them on, on the go and then it, they said, "Oh, by the way, it's open source as well. You don't have to have like just Steam. You can just put Windows on it." I was like, "My just my jaw just drops." I was like, "Well, basically, they've just made a computer, haven't they?" So yeah, you put anything and that, on they, it. they said that. They said that as well. It's just it's just a computer. You can do anything you want with it. It's yours. You know, we're not we're not um, we're not saying that you have to keep the Steam um, OS. It's like a Linux-based uh, OS. Yeah, it's this thing that they've been working on for a few years, isn't it? About trying to get all their games to sort of like run on Linux yeah. very well, so that they can release this and not have to charge you a hundred pound for a Windows license. Yeah, and well, they they're using um, so some games will need like Windows, um, not Wine, Windows Wine. Yeah, Windows uh, Wine is not an emulator. Is is how you run. Uh, Windows programs on Linux and, and macOS. Well, the, the Proton, they're using. They say they're using Proton. Yeah, Proton. Yeah, I think Proton might be similar to Wine, but it's yeah. Basically, it's a, a Windows emulator for for Linux. So all the things that Linux doesn't know, all the little binaries and DLLs, Proton or Wine would sort of like fill in the gap. And it is interesting. I'm, I'm, and that's another thing I, I want to see. Like before jumping in, I'll, like I want some guy to install Windows on it and run a bunch of games, do some like uh, frame rate analysis, and then run the actual official pro like uh, Steam OS and then running by running Proton and see if it's any better or you know what's 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 the best uh, OS to run these games. How do you get the best performance out of it? The hardware is the hardware, isn't it? Um... You know, a processor can only push as many uh, processes as it can. On one hand, the the games quite often run better under Windows because that's kind of what they're optimized for. But if you can get with, rid of the Windows layer and run a more smoother operating system, then maybe you get a bit more performance out of there. But I don't know if you're going to see huge differences in performance whether you're running on Windows or uh, the the default Proton. Like uh, it's probably you know the the CPUs. The CPUs are so powerful these days and operating systems are getting leaner and leaner that it shouldn't be it, it shouldn't really make that much of a difference. But like what sort of frame rates are you expecting to get from a AAA game on a on that kind of device? Like I would think somewhere between 30 and 60. Like I wouldn't be expecting high like super high end gaming. Like this is like it should be it should be capable for 30 at whatever resolution the screen is. A lot of games will probably do 60 as long as you get the you know you're picking the right sort of like settings and everything inside the game itself they had um jedi fallen order on high settings you know they were showing that off so that looked pre- so if it, you know if you can play that game in high settings that's that's pretty good and they're saying that depending on like the battery life what you could do is set the game to 30 frames per second and then that could extend your battery life so if you don't mind playing the game at 30 frames per second then you get more out like maybe another hour playing the game but it's, it's all up it's all up to you it's like they're saying like you get like at least like i think three hours three hours on like a, a really heavy game maybe like star wars fallen order Jed, is it sorry is it jedi fallen order so yeah that, it, you know that's not too bad it's not perfect but for what you're getting you're getting a triple a experience and 
you know the graphics and they're going to be pc high normal normal to high settings on a handheld what excites me the most as well is being be able to just dock it so you could just buy a dock and that's awesome for me because i i think i'll I'll probably buy if i get it i'll get like two docks where i'll get one probably in my loft and then one somewhere else where so then i don't have to like it, it would be so easy so i just don't have to unplug it take it like if i have my computer i have to unplug it all take it downstairs or something you know it's just so easy you just put it in the dock it's all already connected up and then you're ready to go and then if you had to do something where say you, you couldn't use the dock you could just t- take it portably you know that's amazing would you use it portably that much do you think i think i will because in my life right now having two children sometimes like you you do get a bit of free time but you can't like start you know leave the room or something and and start playing a video game you could like maybe like sit on the sofa and then you know maybe watch the kids play and do some gaming and stuff on on your handheld so for me it'll be perfect like just a few hours just get my little fix and then uh yeah and i'm also looking forward to if you can put windows on it i'm looking forward to emulation seeing what emulation can bring as well there's a lot of emulation on Linux Excel. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to what how far I can uh, emulate games, um, games that I've owned and stuff. So yeah. So is this something that you are quite possibly seriously considering getting? I'm seriously consider getting it, but I will say I will also seriously consider getting one of either the Xbox Series X or the PS5. I don't see it as my main um, source of um, gaming in terms of... Because the thing is... But it could be, though. It could be. You've you've got a good gaming computer at the moment, but don't take this the wrong way. It is starting to get a bit old. You know, it's yeah, like, this, what was this, it, 2015? Sort of that sort yeah, of yeah. age? It's, it's, it's old. This this will surpass it. This, uh, this, this so Steam... Uh... If you got if you got the Steam Deck... Mm-hmm. You could keep your current game, your current gaming PC, and you know use it for whatever you know, podcasting, work, uh, yep. light gaming, emulation, or whatever. If you got the Steam Deck and a Series X or a PS Five, do you think you'd get any other, ga- you know, high end, medium end gaming PC at all, or do you think you just stick, no. just stick that, stick the stick the Steam Deck, Steam, yeah, that, Steam Deck be... in a dock, and off you go. That'd be me, sorry for. A good number of years. I will say though, because it's not upgradable, the hardware itself is not upgradable. Then, say like like my computer, that's 2015. Eventually, that technology is just going to get old. But I've kind of accepted that because you know. But the price difference though, like your computer costs how how much did yours cost? Do you want to do you want do you want to say? I got it cheap because the graphics card I got free. Remember from the uni, I no because I went. To- I'm talking about your gaming PC. The one yeah, with the gaming the, PC. What, you got the 980 Ti for free? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. How did you get a 980 for free? You had a £1,000 credit as well from the university, you remember? Oh, the bookshop. right. Sorry, I don't... Right. Yeah, remember that now. Yeah, I don't mean that. I, do, I don't mean how much did you pay out of your pocket. How much oh, did that gaming so... PC cost in okay, actual yeah. money? Yeah. Okay, I see what you said. Sorry. Uh, if I remember correctly, the graphics card was around about 350 Um The CPU was around about 270 if mm-hmm. I remember, 270 to 280 um, Motherboard, I think like 150 175 Then I got an SSD was probably worth, back then, no, SSD. Quite expensive back then. Yeah, probably like 120 Right, so you're already at double... Oh uh, yeah, double the cost, and you haven't even got like uh, memory, which I think was quite expensive back then because of the tsunami a few years ago. Yeah, uh, and case and and all that sort of stuff. If you got one of these and you replaced it with a a, a, a modicum of, uh, you know, replaced it every four or five years as opposed to your current PC, which is already six or seven years. It might still be more economical to do it that way, and if if it fits your life, your lifestyle better, then 
Um, yeah. It, it, it works out quite well. So we, I say we, <laughs> I was talking to my wife about it the other day and told her that I almost pre-ordered one. Um, and she was like, but where would it go? And I said, oh, it will just replace your computer. And she got really offended. She was like, but I like my computer. Um, but I did have to remind her that quote unquote my computer is actually both of our computers so if she wants to play games out here in the study she she can and i can go do other stuff whatever you know this isn't my room this isn't my computer and the steam deck would far surpass the computer out there because mine is older than yours it's lower spec than yours um, i think it was a 500 pound pre-built computer five or six hundred pound um, and then i threw in a, a 970 in it a little bit later so the Steam Deck would quite happily sit as a um, a system that could either feed the TV or feed the monitor out there for, for non-TV video gaming. Because I quite like... The, there's some video games where I like keyboard mousing and being close up to the monitor. Like something like GTA V, I don't really like playing on the sofa. I feel too disconnected. I like to be sat, in a, sat at a desk and being that sort of distance. Um, so that would fit quite well in that area, and it's just much more cost-effective. But that being said, I did not pre-order anything, uh, partly because I couldn't, um, and partly because I don't know if I'm actually going to get one anyway at all. I mean, if you look at Steam's track record with hardware, it's not great. Yeah, they kind of just um, abandon it after like a yeah. So the only thing they've really stuck with is their headset. Oh, with the VR. Um, and maybe that's maybe that's a good thing, you know, a, a sign that they've changed their ways. But, you know, you've got uh, the Steam controller. I uh, actually genuinely thought about buying it um, a little while ago, but they've stopped doing it. Uh, you've got the Steam Link, which you and I both have, which we bought for, you know, pennies when they were trying to get rid of them. And I genuinely use mine for a bit as well, but um, since we've moved out into our own place, I um, just haven't really needed it. Um, I don't even know. Don't even know where it is. Yeah, it's not. It's difficult to know. And, and even while I'm even while I'm saying that, I am remembering that actually they've been Steam have been working a long time on this Proton Linux compatibility thing with all their games. So maybe there is some level of commitment that they've got into this kind of system. But do you really want to drop £500 into... I mean, it's open source. If it is, if it is open source, you can put anything, even if Steam abandoned it, I suppose. Well... It's difficult, you know. Their track record isn't... It doesn't give any confidence as to which way you want to go with it, really. Well, like you said, because it's open source, the hot, and it's just basically a computer. So if they... you know, They're not going to shut down the service. There's always The service will always be there. Yeah, but I think most people just install Windows on it and do what they want, you know, because there's multiple launchers, there's multiple games they probably want to play, but they can't because that you know it's, I can't play this game because it's on the Epic Game Store. Uh, the only thing I do worry about is some games that I do have only are mouse and keyboard, but they're like they are 3D games, and they're like some of them are like FPSs and stuff. But because back then, of course, there was controllers around, but they, in the PC world, there wasn't really any controller support. You have to, like, manually map it. So yeah, but from what I've seen, the Steam controller wasn't much better. You still had to have people uh, creating, like, profiles for each game just for um, the Steam controller to work. So it wasn't like they really yeah, made it that much I better anyway. Just... I know for some games that were key keyboard and mouse-based that the Steam controller did kind of fit in, and that's kind of why I thought about getting it, is because Jen and I both tried to play the first yeah. Witcher game, uh, which is it's a keyboard and mouse game, and I mean, I've, I'm all right with that, but, but Jen wasn't, and I was I was wondering if the Steam controller might sort of like come and help with, with that game. I don't know if it would, but... It comes with a trackpad, so I don't know how that's going to... I don't yeah. know how that's going to work. For me, it would be just like, like uh, you know... Uh, Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. So on yeah. on the PC, um, there's no there's no controller support. It's all keyboard and mouse. So there is a piece of software called like Xpadder, where you can map you can map the keyboard and mouse to your controller. 
Yeah, I think Jen has used one of those for The Witcher 1, but it just wasn't very good. The, the inputs are different. The input type is different, so it doesn't map very well. I think she got a little bit into the game, but just it just wasn't working very well. So she gave up. But there are there are workarounds. Like I couldn't I couldn't see myself playing a keyboard and mouse game with with the with the trackpad that they've provided on the on the controller. I think it will just be games that are natively supported by a controller. So like games that came after. I think the first game that I remember having support, sort of semi-support, was um, Battlefield Three, and and then right after then, every game pretty much had controller support. And that's that's the thing. Um, my Xbox controller has to have a dongle for it to connect. It's one of so I have the oh, because you've got the original one, right? Yeah, so I don't know. Have... But just get just just get a new Bluetooth one. I have to get a like, Bluetooth one. They're only like fifty quid. Get one on eBay. No, don't don't buy a used controller. They're disgusting. I am very excited, but I'm also cautious and waiting to see the reviews. See how good it is. See. Um, see the feedback really and people you know you don't know about the actual um controls or and stuff it, there could be like input lag there could be like the, like really horrible you know feeling in your hands and stuff it has to be nice and i like that's the one thing that i think the switch has over it is the comfort of holding it because it looks it kind of looks chunky in it and they got the analog sticks right at the top haven't they on the on the steam deck yes i was yeah i was wondering about how ergonomic that was that was going to feel like i feel like if i had a steam deck i i don't know how much i would how often i would use it in handheld yes it's weird because i feel like i would use it docked to the tv more than i would in i i'm still trying to like i i am still kind of thinking it in a switch way it's like basically this is the gaming pc that is hooked up to the TV and we might take away on holiday with us or, you know, to use in a bit of downtime or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, ergonomically, it's interesting. It, it, it's almost a bit PlayStation-esque, which was never my favourite uh, controller. Mm. But that being said, I don't think the Switch is very ergonomic either. Like, I, I, On a very warm afternoon recently... I tried to sit outside with the Switch, and apart from not being able to see this thing, because it's not OLED, you know, the way it felt in the hand was just not very nice. Uh, and the, the Joy-Con joysticks are quite... They're quite far down, so you have to hold the Switch in a very odd way to actually play some games. So I think I played four races in Mario Kart, and I kind of just gave up because it just wasn't it wasn't really working out. What would have been better if I'd brought the uh, Switch Pro Controller out and put the Switch on a stand, but because the stand is so useless... In fact, no, I think that's what I did do. I think I gave up with the Switch using the Joy-Cons, um, and I've got a little mobile phone holder that I can kind of angle on. I think that's what I did. I put it on there and brought the, Switch, the Pro Controller out and just did it, because, yeah, the I really don't like the Joy-Cons. I really don't like games that make you use them. <laughs> It's just I don't find them good as an input method, really. Well, to be fair, I haven't got a Switch, so I I've only held a Switch a few times, so I can't really say. If and when you do get to purchasing a Switch, be prepared to in to get a Pro controller at, at the same time, because for some games, it's just an absolute must the ergonomics of the joy cons in something like breath of the wild or mario kart or even animal crossing you don't need all the stuff that the joy cons bring and uh, a, a larger uh, better built controller is just better you can get a dongle and plug in an xbox controller but you know the button mappings are they're physically in the same place but when the screen says press a and you press A on the controller, you're actually pressing B, so it's that's a bit of a it kind of messes with your brain. But yeah, I would definitely say if you're gonna get if you ever bought a switch, you know, new or second hand, add on sixty quid for a pro control controller because it's an absolute must. Unless all you play is um Mario Kart with four people and um Mario Party. Going back to the Steam Deck, one one thing I would say you know when you buy a new console 
and you get like two two or three games mm. with the Steam Deck. It it's exciting that that's yeah that's interesting actually because you've got a massive library already there because you've you know that's what excites me. I'd never really thought about that, and I know that's in their marketing materials and everything. But like when we bought the Xbox One. I don't think the backwards compatibility was all there yet, so we couldn't play everything that we already had on it. When we bought the Switch, it's like we literally have the one game that came with it, and we're waiting for the other game to arrive in the post or whatever, um, or download it. But yeah, like we, but we, if you buy this thing, yeah, it costs twice as much as a Switch, but it has all of my games in it. And if you've got multiple profiles, it's got all of my wife's games in as well. So if you bought one, when you buy one, which one are you getting? Oh, um, the middle, um, not the... Uh, Why? How many games? Not the one with the flash memory, the one with the uh, SSD. When a single game can be 100 gigabytes, why would you not just get the largest because one? Because... It's only £100 well, more. Well, I... I... If you're spending 470 why would you not spend 560 and get the full-size one? Oh, I'm... I, because I know that I will probably end up buying SD cards on Black Friday at some point. Oh, but SD cards and and, not, and then get like two or oh, three of them. The loading times are going to be horrible. You might as well just I know. You might as well but, just plug in an IDE hard drive. <laughs> but if I'm if I'm only using them for like uh, games to be emulated on then it's not the end of the world. All right, fair enough. Um, I see your point, but there's not really, like... It's it's just a case of, you're sp- like, it's not cheap. In, you know, the cheapest one... The cheapest one is not... I know why they have it, but I do not think the cheapest one should exist. There is no universe where EMMC storage should exist or be available on a device that costs as much as this does. 256 gigabytes of storage, like... That could be as little as three or four games. If you're spending 400 and something pounds um, and the next one up is only 560 pounds, it's like it's not that much extra comparatively to what you're spending. It's less than a quarter extra on top. They did say that's not upgradable either. Though, like you can... but that, Yeah, because that's the whole thing. Like If it was upgradable, it's like, yeah, get the small one and put something else in. So it's only upgradable by... I suppose you could probably put a USB-C thumbstick in the top because I've got a picture open right now and I can see um, the USB-C is on the top, which is fantastic because it's terrible on the bottom, If it like on the Switch. I get why it's on the bottom, but it shouldn't be. There's no reason you can't dock a Switch upside down, which I guess this thing would be. Yeah, that or um, SD cards, I guess. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what people can do with it, though. Like, once they get their hands on it, that's another thing where they're like, whoa, yeah, they said you can't do this, but you can, just... But then, this voids your warranty. And like, well, I don't really care, it's just a computer. Software shouldn't affect warranty. I mean, changing the... Like, opening up the actual... Ah, uh, right, okay. So if you wanted to... Well, if you want to make hard changes in hardware, obviously, that's going to... That goes without saying. It's funny as well, though, because then you could you could say, like... Well, you said it was a PC. You said it was a computer. Like, if I if I bought a computer off, off, off from a shop, well, within like there are you're saying that I can't open the computer up. Genuine reason within genuine reasons. If you buy, let's not even include Apple in this because they're terrible in this regard. But there's plenty of like Dell and HP laptops that are just terrible to open. I replaced a hard drive with an SSD recently. I think just before Christmas on a Dell two in one. And it was openable and it was upgradable, but they use plastic tabs on it. So when I put it back together, some of those plastic tabs snapped. There's literally no way I could have done it without snapping them because it's like that's just how it goes together. Because where people want thin and light devices, and I'm one of them. Like I absolutely adore my 11-inch MacBook Air, and I don't think there's a better computer out there um, in terms of like form factor and everything and anything. Like I've Genuinely, I haven't found one that looks as good as it does, sounds as good as it does, because the speakers on that device are amazing for its size, performs the way it does, has as good keyboard and mouse as it does. I I haven't found a device that kind of hits every single one of those boxes, 
I look at the LG Gram and the HP Spectre and they tick 80% of the boxes, but there's like one or two things missing and I'm like, oh, I just, just can't do it. Um, and even a new Mac, but, you know, even a new Apple laptops, they don't completely fulfill it for me. But when you've got something as small as the Steam Deck um, or something as small as like the HP Spectre, it's like you might be able to open it up, but you can't expect that there's going to be much you can do inside of it because... If you want slotted RAM, well, that's going to be half as thick as the Steam Deck is anyway, you know, and you've still got to get a screen in there. The same with an M.2 um, SATA drive. It's like, you probably could fit one in there, but that comes at other costs. You know, if you solder those things in, you've got more room for cooling. If you solder them in, you can build them at scale. That makes the whole thing cheaper. So it sucks for the consumer, but... It's a handheld device. The priorities are small and light, comfortable to use. You don't want it to get it too hot or anything. So that's where upgradability and that kind of have to go by the side. Well, I think for me, in my head, what I'm going to enjoy the most is if I buy a docking station and I just chuck it in the shed and then one day some random geezer just turns up to my shed and is like, oh man, I'm going to rob your shed. And he steals my dock. I'm like, well, that's not the end of the world, is it? You know, I've still got I've still got my Steam Deck. And that's that's another thing. It's like, say if you've got valuable stuff, I'm not saying that your Steam Deck's not, one day your Steam Deck might get stolen if you leave it in your house, but, you know, if you leave it somewhere where it can't, you wouldn't suspect uh, someone to find it. Then. I'm wondering how how many of these are going to show up on eBay as, you know, stolen. Well, I'm not going to show up as stolen, but they'd have been stolen, and they're going to say, "Oh, uh, I have a Valve Switch for sale. Uh, Two hundred pound, please." I don't know because they just don't know what it is. I think the scalpers are going to go crazy for this thing as well. So I don't. Yeah, I'm not really sure um, because our friend uh, Barry managed to nab one. <laughs> I can see there's I can see there's listings online, but the thing is, it's like people are trying to sell Steam decks for seven hundred pounds. But I can go on Steam right now and I can pre-order one. And realistically, the only difference is whether you get it in December or in Q2 2022. So I don't really know why people are gonna spend seven twelve hundred pounds on something that they only have to wait a couple of extra months on. Um, it's not like people want it for Christmas. I know, but the way Steam are doing it is like you can order one today, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get it. The thing with the PS5s and all the graphic cards is that you can't get one. You can't even get in a queue to get one. The actual, the only actual way to get one today is to get it through a scalper. So I get why the scalper market exists for those devices, but for the Steam Deck, like the scalper market. They might sell a few, but I don't think it's going to be as profitable as the console one has been. There may be two reasons to this, because I think Steam are the ones who are selling uh, selling the Steam uh, Deck. But when you've got the PS5 and Xbox Series X, there's a lot of uh, online uh, retailers selling, selling these things. And they don't really communicate on a set date and time. And... They it looks like they have a set of consoles and like we're gonna have this we're gonna have this date and this time and this other shops gonna say we well, we have this date and this time and then they have only like say like a million uh, consoles in stock and then once they're sold they're sold but then they don't take any more pre-orders I think the way Steam are handling it's like we might not have it but if you put your name down then eventually you will get it. It's not like we haven't forgotten you. It's like you you put down your commission five pa- How much was it? F- five pound? Uh, five dollars. Uh, four pound. Right. And just equivalents in other countries. But I kind of like I kind of like that because it's like you know you're gonna get one, and yeah, if you can get one on eBay sooner, then you'll decide to pay more for it. That's kind of how capitalism works. But would you would you buy like say if we were our friend Barry right now? Who, who there's a good chance that he will get his Steam Deck in December. Would you try and sell sell it on eBay and be like, you know what, I can make some money, and then eventually I know, I'm, like you said, I know I'm going to get it at some point. I'm in no rush, so I can actually make 
maybe double the value of uh, of what I paid. Would you do that? No, because if I wanted one, then if you think about it, you can only pre-order one at a time. So if you get yours in December, you can't pre-order another one until you've received the first one. And if you pre-order in December, you might have to wait an entire year for your actual console. Yeah. So if you want one for yourself, it would be silly to buy one and then flog it. If you're just trying to make 200 bucks, then sure, whatever. But that's, you know, I wouldn't really be in that. I, I would. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. You already admitted <laughs> such. <laughs> uh, I, I, I could sell it for 700, mate. You, well, you don't know if you can. Like, just because just cause there's listing for them on 700 quid doesn't mean they're selling for Thing that. Thing is, this is like, this is the right time for me to do stuff like this. But for some reason, I just haven't done it. You know what I mean? All this scalper stuff, like back when the PS3 first came out, I know there's loads of people doing that. They were like buying free PS3s, and then trying to, they were selling on on eBay for like what was it like a thousand? Uh, in America, it was like a thousand dollars because it was like worth six hundred dollars. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah, we're in, we're living in an age where it's like difficult just to get anything, and prices are going to go up. But yeah, but I'm quite excited for the steam deck i'm not very excited about well i was excited for the switch OLED, but but looking into it more and getting other people's opinions on it um it's a nice handheld nice screen but there's nothing really that excites me like say i don't know say if this announcement came when the switch Lite came out then maybe i'll get more excited because i know that there might be a few more years to the switch life but i know that the switch there needs to be some sort of big revision at some point, and it's going to come soon. So I'm not really tempted to pay, what is it, £310? Yeah. No, I'm not going to pay £310 for something that I know in the next two years would be probably worth, I don't know, 250 240 be a lot cheaper, and it will probably be redundant. They might just, like, stop producing them. You have a weird way of looking at things that basically means that you're missing out on everything. You didn't get the Switch. Now you're not getting the next version of the Switch. You, you you're just missing out. You've got to. You've either got to buy it used at a lower cost, or just not worry about it. That I think I did. I not tell you this. Where I think the the Switch was like worth when it first came. It was like in the UK. It was worth like two fifty, two fifty five, and then I was like, oh, I really want to get one of these. And I was so tempted, and I was like, "Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not so sure about it." You know, I wasn't really because I I saw that the Wii U wasn't the way it. it you know, the way before it, you it, carry on, Wikipedia yeah. says the introductory price was two hundred and seventy nine pounds, which is basically what we paid for it. Two two hundred seventy nine, which is what because you said it was two fifty and went up to two seventy nine because you did say that before in a previous previous podcast. So the introductory price is what it is what the MSRP stayed at pretty much i remember it going up what you're probably remembering is individual stores running promotions not yeah that's probably not msrp changing which is quite that's quite normal i think we should finish with one more slightly related but completely unrelated thing that happened on the exact same day as the steam deck elgato had a press release and they released a new stream deck, as well as a few other products. Um, I don't think you've ever used a stream deck, have you? No, I don't know. You know what they are, though, don't you? It's um, no. you don't know what a stream deck is. It's um, basically it's macro buttons uh, designed for people who stream to Twitch, and you can use it to you can, you can do a lot of things with it. But the primary primary use of it was to change scenes in OBS from game one to game two, mute your microphone, unmute, do things like that. It can do a lot more than that, but that's the that's where it kind of started. They've released a few other things recently. So they released a new version of that, you know, customizable faceplate, slightly more reliable, more robust materials, whatever. But I tell you what um, I'm sort of interested in. Uh, they've introduced a new webcam, which is fantastic. That's one of the good things about the pandemic is that webcams being good quality has finally become a real thing. Um, no more having to use a six hundred pound DSLR or a mirrorless camera plugged into a two hundred pound 
capture card, you can just get a £200 or a £100 webcam and actually look decent. But my favourite thing, and this comes from my sort of audio background, they've brought out a new microphone arm. Wow. I know, it's so exciting. But from a uh, podcasting perspective, it is a low-profile microphone arm. Uh, I currently have a Boom... You know, I I have a knockoff Rode microphone arm and it kind of lifts up off of my desk by about half a metre and it kind of cuts across my monitor so I can't actually see very well the monitor that I'm recording on. I don't need to see the monitor very well, but it's still annoying. Uh, The microphone uh, arm is in the way um, of my eye line. It's just annoying where it is. So basically, this is a microphone arm that doesn't go higher than 20 centimeters off the surface of your desk so it puts the microphone quite low down the idea being it would be just above your keyboard area and you you you, you're going to have to make sure you've got the the right microphone and the right setting so you're not going to pick up all the keyboard and mouse sounds over your voice or whatever but that is definitely the microphone stand that uh, i think i need uh, it, it's only £100. Uh, I just need to work out how I'm going to get that anytime soon. Hopefully that's not the type of uh, thing that's going to get scalped. <laughs> I just think it's quite funny. Uh, on the same day, we got the Steam Deck and the Stream Deck <laughs> released on the same day. And it's, you know, I've got, got to feel sorry to the marketing team over at Algato because, you know, they thought they were going to have a, a great day of marketing on the, was it the 16th of, uh, was it Friday the 16th? They they all came out, or was it Thursday? I think the news came out right, yeah, on the Thursday, late Thursday, wasn't it? Um, and then they still, you know, they had to uh, basically lose all of their marketing to to Steam, Steam and uh, whatever the the Gabe gods decided uh, they they were going to do for the gaming industry. But um, it looks like they have released some really nice stuff. Um, I know Razer has just released a pretty good mic, not microphone, uh, a webcam as well. Um, slightly more boringly, Dell have released quite uh, quite a good uh, webcam. Yeah, that's uh, some weirdly good things that have come out of the pandemic. Is uh, webcams, you know, both external and even in laptops, are finally getting half decent. Gotta buy one of the new devices. You uh, do you use your your webcam much, Tommy? No, not really. I to be honest, I never really had a decent webcam. I've only had like, you know, like. Um the windows xp like cams and stuff like really old oh you got oh i know that i i know the one you're talking about as well yeah the is it the microsoft the microsoft life cam or something like that something like that yeah it's uh, uh we haven't even got the cameras on for the podcast um we're just hearing each other we're not looking at looking at each other i bought an orky webcam for about 35 pound uh i thought orky was a sort of reasonable brand to trust in terms of quality and everything it's a terrible webcam uh it's their sort of logitech do a streaming webcam for about 120 pound orky have done a knockoff version of it for about 35 pounds it is terrible do not buy it the 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 video and audio quality is just non-existent it's supposed to be 1080 60 that was interesting that's done something weird it's supposed to be 1080 60 it is not by any stretch of the imagination. If you want a decent webcam, you are going to have to pony up one hundred or two hundred pounds for one. But but yeah, I I, I heard that noise you make, Tommy. That is still cheaper than using a uh, six hundred pound camera going through a capture card. That's going to cost you another hundred pound or so, depending on which one you get. Yeah, the thing is with with anything like that, you might as well just spend the money because you know if you if you do it cheap. You might get lucky, but nine nine times out of ten, you're gonna get you're gonna get what you pay for. You get what you pay for, and then you have to spend even more money to get something better. So I spent thirty five pound on this webcam that, that is practically useless, and if I want to get a better one, uh, I'm gonna have to spend another forty, fifty, sixty pound to get one sort of. Bit I give it fifteen quid. Well, for this one. Mm, I might keep it around, you know, just in case. To be honest, the pandemic is mostly over. Um, I'm probably going to keep it because I've still got... uh, I've got a couple of capture cards. If I need high-quality video for anything like this, then I'll just plug in, um, you know, like I have have been doing. I've got a camcorder and a DSLR that I'll just plug in. Uh, Or a GoPro, you know, I've got... 
I've got plenty of options. I just thought having a webcam with a single USB cable instead of messing about with HDMI leads and uh, OBS and everything. It's all, it's, it's good enough for meetings that don't matter, but it's not going to do very well as a, you know, if, you, if you're trying to do something like recording or streaming with a, a face camera or anything, it's not, not nice enough for that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the North vs. South podcast. Please feel free to subscribe or follow us. Leave a like or a review or even share this podcast with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Bye for now.